let's start this conversation from one um, event in your life, which I found out on uh, Wu's um, Facebook page, where you say that yesterday Isabel and I both cute our jobs to do something we love together, is to travel, and we are starting three plus year journey around the world to the sale pool. <laughs> as far as I understand, for a really long time you were working in the tech industry, right? Before you yeah. before you decided to to travel and right. um, get to the other part of the world where we actually <laughs> met. What did you do? What kind of background you have? And um, what exactly in tech industry was your occupation? Yeah, I started off like my my degrees are in computer engineering, which is pretty much hardware, you know, basically designing microprocessors. And then had a dual uh, degree in computer science, mm -hmm. and end up doing focusing more computer science because yeah. actually, you know, just I just kind of have that passion. You can create faster cycles for like uh, microprocessors takes you know year eighteen months, two years out like architecture wise, and so it takes a long time. And I like to be able to build, see quick results, and I think uh, software was where it was at. Matter of fact, I started out at Intel, and then uh, I started there, and I like, wow, this is quite slow working in, in software in a hardware company. So I decided to go at that time, probably the best company to work for in terms of software, Microsoft. And so I interviewed up there, got a job up there, doing something I, I thought was super exciting. Yeah. And then so we, we I went up there. And my whole career was pretty much at Microsoft. After that. So you were targeting um, those companies from the very beginning. That yeah. was the goal to, to get. A good I think I, I always knew what I wanted to do, yeah. and I just kind of had a super passion for the stuff. And so you just put yourself in the right place, and if you know what you want to do, you just, you, just, you end up you find the right project that yeah. way. You know? You gotta work hard too. You can't. Yeah. This doesn't fall in your lap. You, you gotta work hard yeah, and show sure. that you're capable, and then you, you can do what you like to do. Do you think that um, working culture in such companies like Google, um, Microsoft, Intel, Apple, do you think it's different? They all have their own cultures. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think modern companies focus a lot on culture. Mm -hmm. um, and Microsoft has gone through, I think, it's with uh, Satya Nadella, gone through a, a quite a transformation around culture. Um, and so I think, yeah, they're a very unique culture and how they approach things are very unique. But I think at the, at the, at the base level of creating products, I think they're very similar. Uh, you know, it's usually some derivative like uh, waterfall and uh, what is it called now? Uh, Scrum. Yeah, it's essentially uh, agile sort of development, somewhere falling between those two things. Most of them are moving to a more agile based uh, development. Then I think most companies also are aware that they can't, it's actually easy, quite easy to build or evolve an existing product. So that's not very hard. And that process generally is very similar across different companies. Yeah. Where I think they vary is uh, how they come up with new products, how they fund new products. And I think, uh, I think you know, Facebook and Google, they were younger companies than Microsoft, mm -hmm. that they had started this uh, more uh, allowing employees to come up with new ideas mm -hmm. and then presenting themselves. And I think that sort of drove the industry. Microsoft does something similar now today as well. Yeah. All companies do that, because I think they, if they allow employees to spend their time being creative, finding new products, new ideas, that's going to be the basis for new products in the future. Yeah. Right? And so I think in the US, you see a lot of that. Uh, I think uh, where there's a lot ample amount of uh, uh, funds to be able to drive products like that and uh, have that time for employees to do that. I think that's uh, that's super beneficial and the U.S. seems to have a lot of that. Yeah, but was it different back in the days, um, back then when you started your career with Microsoft? I mean, it was totally different. It's totally different, yeah. There, there was not a notion of, uh, it was more technology driven, a bunch yeah. of engineers thrown in about like, 
let's go figure let's create a technology and then let's hope that someone would want it right and so yeah. you had the products that just a hodgepodge of technologies but today it's so different like today mm. people start off telling stories about how what the life you would have when you build a product or like what does what does it look like does it meet the customers needs so how does customers use it storytelling for ideas much yeah. more important, right? but it's also just really focused on the experience mm. and i think like you know, we all have iPhones these days yeah. apple's kind of epitomizes like how do they, they sort of do this like they're one of the best in the world really about yeah. think about the experience what the customer you need you know the customer wants how to build a great experience for the customer, then then put your engineering behind that and manifest that, right? Apple became bigger than Google, mm. uh, bigger than Microsoft as well. Yeah. This is just a personal observation. Yeah. I would say Apple focused a lot more on B2C businesses. So it's for the masses, Every it, it's quite a brand. A brand in a way that is very personal too, mm-hmm. because your phone is so personal. and. I can't say I can't say about Facebook because Facebook is personal at a different level, but in a social level. Yeah. So it's not like what you need every day, phone you need every day. Microsoft focuses a lot more on B two B businesses. Mm-hmm. Their their backend infrastructure and I mean Amazon rivals that and with AWS and whatnot. Their backend infrastructure is very strong and their server infrastructure is also very strong. Yeah. So maybe because maybe they focus more on the backbone for a long time and now they're coming. They tried multiple times to come to. I think Isabella like hit on a lot of like the big like they, those these big companies hit on the major trends mm-hmm. and so technology trends or customers trends and so therefore they've ridden this to quite you know high valuations. I think Apple is kind of unique that um, that they had they were one like I said they focused on customers yeah. and the customer experience and they focused and they focused that on an area that basically had a huge growth the last you know decade and a half roughly, which is smartphones yeah. and smart devices in general. And so with their focus on customer experience, hitting the trends and also being more luxury for technology, they were able to both uh, create huge volumes because customers want their product, mm-hmm. but then because they're a luxury product that had huge margins, and those margins yeah. drive to larger valuations. And so uh, I think they just, they position themselves really well. They were quite smart. Uh, even now as they proliferate smartphones, they still have pretty high margins. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're set to dominate, like I think, Remember when I was working, we did a lot of stuff for smartphones as well. And I think like, I, I can't remember exact numbers, but I think Apple had like 20% of the market share of smartphones, yeah. but yet like 80% of all profits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's a, yeah, <laughs> it's a good business. They have a good business going. Uh, but I actually like people will knock Apple because you know, they have this very strong vertical integration and a wall, wall garden kind mm-hmm. of approach. But that's what really makes a product great. Like, yeah. If you go on different Android phones, like it's a nightmare. Like, yeah. uh, it's like everything's kind of different. Some things work. You'll never get updates. Well, and people don't the understand. Well, because developing on the Android phone yeah. is a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. The form factors alone. So many. A small company can never go for all the phones and styles and screen size. Yeah. And Apple, you get three. Because they control both. They control everything. Yeah, yeah. software, hardware. What's What's more than when inside the phone is the apps that you enjoy using. Yeah. yeah. And when as a developer, as a company, you you devote only your engineering team to a certain amount of development. Yeah. And if you have to split your team into three platforms, that's three x your cost, right? Yeah. So who? What are you going to develop yeah. first? You develop Apple first. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you develop sure. maybe Android, like the most popular phone, and then subsequently it goes from yeah. there. So it's it's a it's an economy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that's why the 
and that's why I think some of those things fail, and you end up picking the best phones. She, by the way, she's you know, she's she did a startup with her friends, and she she was like engineering manager driving product development across a bunch of different devices. She knows this really well. <laughs> in the states, in in the tech world of states, yeah. is there is like some um, trendsetter and everyone follows them, or there is just technologies being brought to the market and everyone try to adjust to this technology? How like companies decide? Okay, next year we all going for 5G. I think something like 5G. It's a it's a consortium of like a bunch of different groups. Uh, and so I think they everyone everyone I think everyone in the tech industry sees that like better connections, faster connection is an important yeah. thing for uh, for the future in terms of products and development and that kind of stuff and for like talents and vehicles or appliance of things. So that's all you know, uh, all necessary for, for faster network. So everyone worked together on that one. And the rollout is of course the, the more difficult thing, right? You can always have the notion of a standard or spec, but the rollout across the industry is super hard. That infrastructure is mm. quite complex. Yeah. That's what's, I think that's what the phone is waiting for, it's for that infrastructure to be in place. Otherwise yeah. it wouldn't be useful at all. Is the point is to be instantaneous, fast, easy, right? If you don't have the infrastructure, none of those can exist. Even yeah. your phone I think there's some companies that do set trends, though. I think uh, you know, you know, there's small companies that do like 5G, like over a year ago, but there was no network. But when Apple did it, you can see like now everyone's buying Apple phones because yeah. there's 5G is part of that. Apple probably kicked off 3G, I think, when they initially launched their first yeah, smartphone. Yeah. They really it's drove 3G because no one else really used it. Like no one cared about 3G because yeah. what do you need 3G for? Like you had like a really GPRS web browser, it had text on it. Like there's no reason for 3G. Then Apple came with a phone that had full browser on there. You can surf web pages. You're like, what? Yes, yeah. give me that. <laughs> And so some companies can drive that. Apple, I think, clearly is driving for this wave right now. And I think, mm. well, they'll, people fill that in pretty quick. All the smaller providers, not small, like they're pretty big like Huawei's and the Samsung's, will will also produce a lot of popular phones. But I think Apple's really creating that base. From your experience, big corporations are trying to acquire some small startups, mm -hmm. which developing some new features to see how you know how they can bring it into their. Company yeah. or their product. So, do they try to replicate it themselves, or they likely to buy this technology? I mean, I think uh, I think it comes like the decision of acquisition is probably very few people in the company actually decides on that, and usually it's brought up by you know senior senior management on a, on a strategy that they have, right? And then acquisition versus buy just comes down to money and time, right? And so. Yeah. People actually, people is actually quite a big important part of acquisitions these days because talent is more probably sometimes more important than even the, the, the things that they actually have. Uh, I think that those are the variables you kind of consider. Like, and so if you need something quite quickly, uh, and if somebody already has a great product, then you would acquire them. If you if they they ask them for a lot of money and you think it's strategic value to your company and they don't want to join or they don't want they ask for a lot of money, then you go build it, compete. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just a, uh, sometimes you acquire companies just because you need the talent. Mm -hmm. That's actually, and sometimes it's best to have all three, like great talent, acceleration of time, yeah. and good price <laughs> for the thing, and gets you gets you a head start. Yeah. So I think it varies. It's based on what your what your vision is, what your strategy is, and where does this acquisition fit into all that, right? And based on that, you just figure out if you're going to acquire, build, buy, mm. borrow, steal, whatever it is. Top of the tech companies, they all are from the US. There are like lots of startups in Europe and Middle East and Asia, uh, but eventually 
the biggest companies they all are coming from the US mm. why I think the the reason why is the US the answer is the US is when it comes to this kind of stuff when startups new startups it comes to money yeah. and I think the US is kind of this like hotbed for like investors and creators and so I think it was just that just happened to be like US is one of the wealthiest countries in the world the wealthiest country yeah. in the world and so there's a lot of money to, to use to invest uh, in companies like that but the other part of that is too is a little bit of culture I think American attitudes there's no rules there's, you break through these bolds go do go create and that culture is you know you see that in our crazy politics today and people's different beliefs but there, when you have a million people, like 300 million people, all thinking a bunch of different ways, mm -hmm. and all driving forward and in, in, uh, in creating doing things, you eventually bubble things bubble up to the surface that are really, really good. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, with that, with the combination of that and money, creates a lot of really great startups. And to be fair, maybe it's U.S. that does this, but it's from talent around across the world. Like, so we draw. You know, great universities in the U.S., so a lot of people come to study there, and then when they come to study there, they come up with great ideas, and there's fundings there. So you just, you're just, it's a great incubation area. And so this is why the U.S. for the last, you know, I would say, decade, several decades, has been that place for for this investment. Mm -hmm. Is it changing but, nowadays? I mean, well, I think China's coming up quite strong. Yeah. I think China. I've seen like I, I think we had talked brief, previously yeah. about this a little bit. Like culture in China has been, you know, it's. Uh, you know, restri very restricted in terms of education, in terms of how they approached it. A lot, lot less freedom to be able to innovate. And I think the last decade, that's changed a lot in, in China, right? And the government bring the, the, the their talent there to really just go create, go tackle hard problems, uh, in funding uh, and with a lot of funding, it's helped that grow so so quickly. The situation will be changing in Silicon Valley. People, people live in the valley, and still, um, you within the internet and uh, all the possibilities of, uh, especially of the experience of 2020, mm -hmm. where people used to uh, yeah. become comfortable to work remotely from yeah. a continent to another continent, yeah. you know, be in touch over the internet with, with the, you know, all the This is what you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is why my question, like before it was kind of American dream or part of, um, success story yeah. to come to the Silicon Valley, found the company, yeah. and then, you know, grow from there. Do you think in 2021 it's going to be the same path or it can be changed? I think uh, 2021 and 2020 has taught us that, you know, distribution is probably a little bit better, like, of wealth and talent and people. Actually, that's probably the best thing for the world overall. I think near term, uh, uh, there's an ease to going to a single spot. And it's not the weirdest thing. It's still kind of certain of one of those. There's some stuff in back east, the east coast of the U.S., like New York. There's certain stuff in the U.K., some stuff in Germany, even arguably in Japan and China. All have like these pockets of places where people go. It's easier when there is concentration of, of, of money that so you can just go mm -hmm. and pitch people on ideas. Versus you, if it's distributed so vastly across the world, it's quite hard to you know know where to go and, and you know an idea or get an incubation of an idea to happen. So I think near term, I think places like Silicon Valley are so important to uh, have a place of, of where people gather, uh, even support each other, not even if it's not about money, it's just about getting, getting incubating ideas and talking to other people. I think that that's quite powerful. Uh, what are the disadvantages? Probably the biggest challenge right now, I think, in this global challenge is talent. Yeah. 
it's like trying to find people who can come together and, and do work together. That's why those incubators are great. Like you go there and you may meet three people and four people and they want to join your effort and create some. So that's kind of helpful there. But yeah, you really want to, you know, basically grassroots create a company, new company. It's quite hard because talent is uh, quite expensive and very rare. And this is why the employment rate in, in the U.S. in the tech industry, the high tech industry, is like so, so low. Even now, even in this COVID year, it's really quite hard to find talent. So, um, and, and of course, because with with, with uh, you know a, a lack of talent, I mean lack of people, in uh, that means salary is also quite high, yeah. and of course that costs you more to create a, a, a company. So I think that's some of the challenges: economics and people uh, to create something in the Silicon Valley. Uh, but you, you also get a lot of money from yeah. investors. <laughs> so you know this is kind of this trade-off. Uh, so you both have a little bit different experience because Bella worked in. Startup environment, and you work in a corporate corporate yeah. uh, environment. Or what would be, let's say, advantage or disadvantage for you? What would be advantage and disadvantage of startups? And for you, opposite, what would be advantage and disadvantage of working for a big corporation? I always love startups. Yeah. I enjoy. Well, for me, working is more than work. Mm-hmm. Is I have to enjoy it. I like this. I need to like the people I work with. That's really important. And so. The, that's that's the advantage. You move fast and you can fail fast. You can make decisions fast. Yeah. There's no red tape and you you say what you need to say and then yeah, you move yeah. on basically. Um, that's startup and I love it. And for however many years I did it, I love every single minute of it. But the disadvantage would be money. You don't always have the amount of money. Like he would, he would say our entire year of budget is like what he spent on sodas. <laughs> <laughs> For example, there were there were days like that, and then and then of course there's talent because people it takes a special um, individual to want to be in a startup because they they have to there's people want different things right some people work because they want money some people work because they they want to be in a certain environment or culture and some people work because they want it they want some excitement of doing something but in in the West Coast, which is where we were, talent is so hard to find. And we're constantly fighting and trying to get ways to entice people to work with us because we're no name, obviously, a startup. And people would go for the bigger names like Microsoft. So that's that's the disadvantage. And that's how, that's how the salary keeps going up. Yeah, yeah. Salaries, options, everything that you throw in meals and <laughs> vacations. Yeah, like, the new company is like, we, yeah, yeah, like food, yeah, yeah. daycare, massage, yeah. like it, it is a crazy environment. It is crazy. It's a crazy environment Healthcare to start Healthcare is huge I mean, in Microsoft US too. Like you, you have to be really creative in the startup to entice people. And, and that's part of the fun too, to be honest. But that's, that's a challenge for mm-hmm. sure when you're hiring people. I, I think uh, my experience, like, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have friends around that these startups and that kind of stuff and either help them just mentoring or advising or and seeing like Isabel's company site. So I feel like I had that experience uh, in some, some fashion. The, the, I think the advantage for me, you know, clearly the things that Isabella said, which is like, I mean, we're always well funded, you know, um, and so you can always go do talent. It's usually, if you have a great product, talent just comes anyways. And you have a big company that has 100,000 people, you can easily even guide within the company, the talent yeah. you need. Uh, so those are quite big advantages. Fortunately for me, I, I always, like I mentioned earlier, like I always look at the horizon. So we always end up working on incubating new ideas. 
So the environment I worked in was always kind of like a startup environment. We actually always had to actually go argue for funds as well a lot often. Uh, and uh, so I think I got the best of that of this world. So I got the money, got the funding, got the talent, yeah. got to go invent new ideas. You, you know, later in my career, you got to fail faster. You got to try things, do things, fail fast, come back with you know new pitches and that kind of stuff. So it's very much a, a startup inside a big company. Um, of course, the disadvantage is like um, you you got to persuade a bunch of other people. Either uh, it's more more senior management uh, to back your idea. So you you just can't as cool founder of an idea go continue on on your own and make something happen. You got to persuade, and sometimes at some point they cut your your, your funding as well, right? And then you're like that's <laughs> that's done. Even if you think it's still worthwhile pushing forward or something. You know, many times we would incubate idea or we had a business that was like making 10 million, $10 million a year, making money, like revenue, making money, and $15 million. And the company would go, mm, no, that's not worth it, our time. They cut, we get to steal all these people back, put them somewhere else, and they maybe make us a billion dollars. So it's kind of a yeah. interesting economics. I'm like, if I start a startup, $15 million of profit is a huge amount yeah. of money, and people would be very excited. And so <laughs> it is a very interesting dynamic working in a big company, um, doing that kind of stuff. So I think, uh, would I trade it and go to startup? I think, yeah, I think, I, I, I mean, I, my fact, our journey now is kind of more of a startup environment, like the way we think about things, how we connect with creating products, it's distributed startup. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would probably do next. Uh, probably, but I'll probably not only do tech, I'll probably do a bunch of other things as well. Yeah. But that's, you know, I'd love to try the other side of it. But I think I've been pretty fortunate working in a big corporation that allowed me yeah. to do a bunch of different things. In September 2017, when you put, when you wrote that you quit, you just you, you left. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, okay. we both quit our job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the idea was to, to really take some time for ourselves, yeah. you know, and explore other passions like sailing or mm. you know, like we love doing hiking and trying to explore new areas. And why now? I mean, why you decided to do this journey these couple of years, three years ago? I kind of have this interesting philosophy about this. 2020, 2020, right? So your first 20 years, essentially, you're, you're training and learning. Your next 20 years is about building a career and building wealth. And essentially, if you have, you know, that journey. If you don't pause your 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 second your third set of 20s, you're never going to be able to like enjoy life because you're going to constantly be, be working. Then it becomes the next 40 versus yeah. the next 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, like uh, I remember very early on, somebody told me like, you know, what do you have? You have health, wealth and uh, time, right? Health, yeah. wealth, and time. So when you're young, you only have time and health, but no wealth, because you're a kid. And then when you're, you're, you're early, you're, 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 when you're like that 30 to 40 years, you have like a lot of uh, health and money, yeah. but no time, because you're working, 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 <laughs> right? And then when you're older, you have uh, wealth, wealth yeah. and time, but no health, no health right? Because yeah. you're older and you're gonna, so you gotta break, the, you gotta break that chain. And I think that, 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 that 40 year that, that age it's a perfect time to break that chain mm. and, and take a little time for yourself and sometimes in that discovery you might find things you like better 